Hello, and thank you for joining us on Building Greatness the Warrior Way, a Westcliff University Athletics podcast. As always, I'm joined by our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And I'm Sherm Dog, David Shermet, the head baseball coach at Westcliff University. Okay, but you know, let me ask you a question along those lines. Yeah. Um, I, I know what our university policy is uh, in terms of mask mandate, in terms of vaccine mandate, but there are other, um, I'll just stay within the realm of sports. And if we record this, Sean, this is on the fly. This only came into my mind as you were speaking just now, um, um, is that there are sports organizations, NFL teams, basketball, in particular, the NBA teams that have a vaccine mandate. And yeah. there are employees that are being fired because they refuse to take the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so in that instance, as you have just said, this is America and you fought so people can do whatever it is they want to do. That's yeah. not necessarily the case. It's not. No, it's not. No, it's, it's absolutely not the case. Um, and, you know, that's that's the big debate, right? It's, it's not the case. Um, and, and they still haven't figured it out because there's so many inconsistencies, right? And I know that, um, you know, our, our president now is trying to put mandates on federal workers, you know, um, but not so much because I think the governors control the state workers, right? Correct. So that's kind of open for, for debate. Mm-hmm. Um, our CalPAC conference um, doesn't require you to be vaccinated. And so the biggest debate is, here's the biggest debate, is the schools that mandate vaccinations, right? So they mandate vaccinations, but here's the catch-22, and this is where they lose me at. Um, they have something called an, an exception. So you can be granted an exception yeah. for, for religion, mm-hmm. and medical, or whatever the case may be. Right. Once you grant that exception, then you write back to square one anyway. True. So why are you infringing on anybody's rights? It's not absolute, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not 100%. So nobody can truly say that mandating 100% vaccinations if you're giving exceptions. You know, because so, if the exception is granted and we have athletes or from whatever, right, who, who are participating, who had the exception, who are not vaccinated and contracted, you still in the same situation. Mm-hmm. And then we also know that um, the vaccination doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. It just minimizes the, you know, supposedly, right, because we don't know, right, because got a booster coming. Yeah. So, but for the most part, right, it minimizes your chance for death and hospitalization. Right, and it helps hopefully combat the symptoms that you have. The symptoms that you have, and maybe make you less contagious, right? The next, right? So um, I can tell you I've had uh, people that's close to me and my family who've been vaccinated and got COVID. Oh yeah, again, as you've mentioned, it does not prevent you from contracting coronavirus or COVID-19. Right. Now, I, I've got an interesting um, point of view on all of this. Sure. Uh, it, it, it's not necessarily what I believe, but it's a point of view that I want to I bring up. Yeah. Uh, two, two, two things in particular. We're not putting together the schedule for baseball. And this is, you know, it, it's, we put together who we want to play in non-conference. For those listening, the conference schedules are done by our commissioner. The non-conference schedules are done to coach. Um, 
I discovered more than one school that have vaccine dates, but not just for their own school and their own place, but for the schools that they are playing. And here's a really good example. I lost a, a weekend series um, <clears throat> to a school, I don't want to name the school, but their vaccine mandate is that every school that they play, everyone at those universities, and I mean everyone, has to have a COVID vaccine. And I mean, even if they're just a student without being an athlete, administrators, faculty, everyone at that university that they want to play has to have been vaccinated for them to play their specific team, not just the team from that university. And so we were unable to come to an agreement and they have lost three or four series because rarely are you going to find 100% vaccination across the university, especially, and this one was division two, I might add. So, you know, the, number, the numbers are huge. So they're, they're gonna have some gaps. Now, here's my, here's my other point of view on this. And this is interesting because I've been talking to people about, about this who are vaccinated and who are not. And there are some that, you know, there may be a misconception about it, people thinking that it will help prevent you from getting COVID, which we know it doesn't. A, it doesn't. Right. Now, thing, let's say I have the vaccine and I get COVID um, and uh, I have symptoms all over the place. Better that I know that I have it. So I don't get near you. As opposed to having the vaccine, which tamps down most of the symptoms, hopefully, because everybody reacts a bit different. So if you get the vaccine, it's possible that you can still get COVID and be asymptomatic. Yeah. If that's the case, can you still pass on the virus, even though you're asymptomatic or have very low symptoms? I would rather know that I have it so that I can quarantine, not be near people, rather than having it and not knowing I have it. Do you understand my point of well, view on that? I, I do. I think the, the asymptomatic um, folks and the people who are vaccinated, right, yeah. who may be not knowing that they have COVID because maybe their symptoms may appear to be like a minor cold or nothing. Right, right. To your point, could be more dangerous than somebody that's unvaccinated because they will get it right away. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you know, I hear you on that. I don't think I don't think it's any wrong or right thing. And and I understand like, you know, people um, act like getting vaccinated is a civic duty. It's not a civic duty, you know. Uh, we, we like to mix things together. Um, people, vaccination's been going on in this country for a long time, mm -hmm. right? Oh, so, yeah. For so many different reasons, right? Not just COVID, right? Right. There's been other, you know, diseases that required vaccination or required recommended vaccination because there's people in this country who's been to our, through our school systems that had never been vaccinated. True. So, I mean, so this is not nothing new. Um, I remember when I was in the military, I had no option, right? You, when you're a property of the government, you sit in line with the air gun, mm -hmm. and you get a shot, whatever it is, and half the time you don't know what it is because they don't tell you. Right. They're required to tell you, right? Because uh, you give up your bill of rights and so many other rights you didn't know that you gave up when you signed in your line you know, to be a patriot for this country and preserve the freedoms. So there's some, some hidden agendas there that you didn't know until you sign your, your life away, as we like to say. Then you figured out like, damn, 
There's so many things, right? Yeah. That I didn't know maybe I wouldn't assign the paper, right? So before anybody criticized me, hopefully you, you served if you criticized me. If you didn't, hopefully you didn't duck, you know, your civic duty, you know, as far as signing up for selective service. Because mm -hmm. so many of you don't do that, but got the biggest opinion. But guess what? That's what's called America. That's what makes us great. So that's 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 what's so great about it. So uh, I'm not poo-pooing anybody's opinion. I'm just saying that, um, you know, vaccinations is a personal thing. Like, you know, <laughs> probably, you know, it's just a personal thing, right? And, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, people who decide not to do it, is not, um, they're not bad people. And I'm seeing we're getting lies crossed, you know, and, and, and let's be totally honest. And we don't got to go through all the weeds, but America doesn't have a great track record in being upfront about vaccines or the percentages. You know, I'm not pro-vaccination or, you know, I'm kind of in the middle. You know, like I want to do my due diligence for anything right. with vaccinations, you know, and um, but but let's not get, let's not act like, you know, America has this stellar, you know, track record of telling us one thing and doing enough, you know, like not, you know, like everything's, you know, hunky dory, you know, like it's been some issues, right? With vaccinations, you know, it's been some issues with our government imposing different things on our country members as well. You know, Tuskegee, you know, experiment and so many others, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so um, it's, it's a reason for people to be skeptical. So I don't want want people to think like, hey, man, this is, this is a slam dunk decision, you know, but it's everybody's personal decision. And, and yes, we would like to come to some kind of compromise and, and it would make sense, you know, if more people could have faith in, 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 in science and, um, you know, so we can stop all these variants from happening. But truth be told, um, we know that even if everyone was completely vaccinated, we still would have variants, right? Oh, sure. Because that's how viruses go. So, um, but my heart goes out to uh, everyone who's lost someone, you know, through COVID and, and, and this terrible thing and, and, and everything else. And one of those people, you know, who's lost somebody, um, you know, near to me, you know, my sister, you know, um, you know, had COVID in before we knew what it was. And luckily, uh, uh, she was able to overcome her symptoms and and recover, but do we, do we ever fully recover? Like we we don't know the effects of vaccinations for real. Um, in my opinion, you know, because I'm not a scientist, and nor do I work on vaccinations. But if you look at history, we, we don't know um, really the results for 20 years after the fact, right? Um, of what has happened, far as our bodies and how things have changed and everything else. Um, we very much fly and I'm sure tough decisions have to be made by everybody that's involved and I just pray that uh, we, we get through this mm. you know I was I remember being in kindergarten I'm a guy but I have a long memory that's the one thing on me that still works pretty well um, and I remember getting the polio vaccine in kindergarten as yeah. I remember they used to administer that in school parents yeah. weren't there you didn't need to have a, a, a signed slip it was just one of those things that happened and I don't, I, I've heard various numbers, but the number of vaccines that children have to have in order to go to public school, I think is the number is growing. I don't even know what all the, 
vaccines are. There's there's a lot of them. Yes. But you know, you you mentioned that you fought for eight years for everyone to uh, have the right to do what they want or to have the right to not do what they're you know what they want to do. If, if they don't have to do absolutely, but that's that's what's supposed to be so great about this country. But then it depends on your employer. So. <laughs> You might you might not have that opportunity. It might not be your decision. Yeah, you know, and and this is what I'm saying too. I mean, like it's risk reward in everything we do, and it's decisions that have to be made. Like this is a country, one of the greatest countries on earth, far as I'm concerned. You know, the United States. And and when I say I fought for this country for eight years, I'm just saying my name was on the list, right? To to be a first responder for anyone threaten our freedom, right? So of course I went through a couple conflicts, tales of storm, Somalia and all that kind of stuff, but my name was on the list, right? So, I, and I put my name on the list, I didn't get drafted, right? So um, I, I gladly serve uh, this country. And, and the great thing about it is, this is a country where you don't have to settle. So even if your employer decides that they wanna, um, you, know, you know, infringe on your rights that you feel like, you know, you're, you're entitled to, you have the right to get another job. <laughs> you know, you have a right to, to, to say, hey, I'm out, you know. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, might be a forced situation, but we've seen people who have been in high visibility jobs, and if, if we want to stay in sports, we can stay in sports, who decided, hey, I'm out, right? I'm opting out. I ain't doing that. Um, you know, and I commend them too, like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. What's best for you at this point. Uh, collectively, yeah, we would like to be all on the same team and be above board. But, you know, whenever you have exceptions to, then, you know, I think free choice and free will, um, which make us great, should still be activated. So, um, you know, I don't think that we should be uh, made in anything when it comes to your, your personal uh, situation and and you know I know we we're caught up in in you know looking at the snake which is COVID but the scorpion in all of this which is more de deadly and dangerous Sherman Dog is the way that this legislation is infringing on the rights of women right now mm -hmm. in this country you know and what they can do or not do with their body and so for me the the low hanger fruit is COVID-19 or, you know, that's the distraction, but the real war, you know, is uh, for, for women uh, rights are actually being canceled out. You know, women rights are actually taking 20 steps back um, when it comes to, uh, um, you know, some of the things that they've been fighting for, um, of, you know, equity in this country. So, mm -hmm. It's a lot of crazy things that are going on from a legislative standpoint and um, trying to get your uh, head wrapped around all of these things um, can be really, really complicated, you know, for you to try to uphold your civic duty during this time frame. Sure. And, and you know, it's interesting. It, it just the way you and I think um, we're really on the same wavelength here. And I'll, I'll tell you why in just a second. One of the things we haven't really hit on hard on this podcast anywhere over the last year, year and a half is the political side. Um, and, and there probably, uh, you know, a conversation with regard to the vaccine, uh, the political side of that. And as you have just mentioned, 
women's rights. Now, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for maybe going backwards, as you have said, and, and we're, there's constantly a struggle for equality. Um, and here is maybe my contribution to the bright side of this. Just recently, the U.S. Soccer Federation announced that it has offered the respective players' unions for both the women's national team and men's side identical proposals for the new collective bargaining agreement. Now, I know we're talking about the vaccine. We're talking about uh, women's struggles. Um, and, you know, the, obviously, you know, we have a, a real good women's soccer team here and a real good men's soccer team. Uh, uh, Coach Lancaster and his squad his coaches do a great job. We're, we're very competitive. This is one of those arguments that's been going on for a long time because the women's team continues, our, our women's national team continues to contend and win World Cups. The men's team doesn't do that. Um, the women's team has some very popular players who appear in commercials, who uh, have high profile lives. And so they're bringing more awareness to the sport and particular to the women's side. And so now they're starting to make strides. We're starting to make progress. Um, the, the discrepancy, however, in the prize money is unbelievable because the proposed awarding from FIFA of 440 million in prize money to teams that take part in the Men's World Cup, which is up from 400 million, um, is only 60 million for the women, up from 38 million. So the collective bargaining agreements may be the same. There will still be some very uneven um, uneven points to be made. And, you know, my question to you after setting all this up is it, it probably is not going to happen in my lifetime, but I look at women's sports as opposed to men's sports, the money that's not there, the exposure that's not there, the television contracts, all of it. And in some cases, men's sports subsidize the women's sports. Um, we can look at the WNBA, you know, they've got stars, they've got television, they've got uh, opportunity, just the money just isn't the same. So do you think in our lifetimes that any women's sport is going to catch up to the men's sport in not just on the court or the field of play, but off of it as well? Are you talking about equity? Yes. In, in, any, in any form, whether it's money, exposure, uh, branding, whatever the case may be, because it's still so far off. Yeah, because I think that we're we going to have to have legislation for that. I mean, does the Rooney Rule work in in in, in the NFL for minorities? Hell no, it don't. I mean, you know, so I think it's still a chauvinistic attitude, and I think that until we embrace, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and when it comes to women in the LBGTQ plus communities, and um, it's, it's never going to change. I mean, it's it's just. It's, 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 a, it's a mindset and we have to shape that mindset early. And what we're seeing is, I forgot the percentage that we, we talked about, uh, you know, many podcasts ago now about how many uh, young uh, kids who are female who don't participate in sports anymore. Right. Right. And then how, society still trying to tight cast women into being barefoot and pregnant when we know that's not it. I mean, we had a, our former president was talking about, he's looking for suburban, you know, Caucasian women. And we know what that was in, in the fifties and sixties, right? No women signed up for that, 
right? So we're still, you know, pitching this BS rhetoric, right? That doesn't allow us to grow. Um, and I don't think, um, you know, although we have some progress, you know, it's not fast enough. Uh, so it's not fast enough for women and it's not fast enough for minorities in this country, uh, mm -hmm. period. Um, and, and here, uh, before COVID started wiping out, you know, the populations, uh, we, we were about to see a demographic shift, you know, and, uh, you know, so the world is changing regardless, right? We need to speed up our stinking thinking and have a growth mindset and be able to embrace inclusion. Um, but it's a male chauvinistic, you know, attitude that is still carried on um, in America. And, and really, it falls right on the shoulders of the middle-aged Caucasian male who, who dominates this country. Yeah, uh, these are just the facts. You know, say these are the facts. Yeah, those it, are facts. It, you know, until until you know that group decide it's okay, then it's not going to be okay. And, until that group is no longer uh, has has America in a stronghold. Okay. Now you know, going back to your point about girls uh, not participating. Uh, I'm looking yeah. up and some of the barriers, according to what I'm finding on the internet, lack of time, availability, awareness of sport, uh, changing priorities, low confidence, and then it kind of veers into interesting negative body image, perceived lack of skill and feeling unwelcome. According to this, one in three girls drop out of sports by their late teens. Now, yeah, let me, let me, in our case, because the, our biggest uh, subliminal message is our TV in social media, right? And the image that we depict that women have to be as, as such, right? And, you know, as far as anybody that's under the driving age, it's your parents, man, or, or your local community or your resources that's not giving you the advantage. If a little kid, a little, um, um, you know, boy can, can, can reach all those plateaus, so can a woman. But it comes down to access, right? They've been told, mm -hmm. Even if we get out of sports, Sherm, and talk about, you know, sciences, right? How many times have we seen um, society, right, and legislation saying that women can't do this, can't do that, which we know that's not true. Now, it is some things, I'm not sitting here poo-pooing that it's a physicality difference, right? Some things demand a different type of physicality. But we're seeing with proper preparation, it, it can be overcame, just like everything else. We can, they can overcome those those differences as well. All right. So let me ask you a question about this, because, um, you know, we haven't talked as much about Title IX. Yeah. So yeah. how does that how does that play in? You know, we're talking about opportunity and awareness and all that. Isn't that what Title IX is for? You tell me how Title IX, you know, works because NCA don't uphold it. We saw what happened. You know, with the women's uh, final four. But, yep, the basketball final four with the, with the weight rooms, the workout rooms yeah. in particular. They corrected it, but only because they were called out on it. Yeah, they 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 skimmed the bottom of Title Four, right? I mean, mm -hmm. they didn't want nothing to do with Title Four. I mean, excuse me, Title Nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Title yeah. Four. You know, I'm a I'm a Title Four advocate because that's how we get our dollars. You know, but yeah, Title Nine is what I'm talking about. Okay, all right, but I mean. Um, you know, we have to be very careful on how we handle sports because, you know, we may say, uh, look, I want to do this, but the answer is going to come up Title IX. Yeah. I mean, we're, very, yeah. we're compliant as a university. I know we are. Um, yeah. Well, see, here's the thing, right? The, 
the Title IX is, is, should be in place and it should be enforced and we should never tap dance on it, right? Because at the end of the day, it's civil rights, right? It's civil rights. That's basically what it was, you know, amendments, right? Through the parts of education, right? That, you know, prohibits you from sexually-based discrimination from any educational program. But we know that it does exist. But what I'm saying is some people do the bare minimum, right? Of, and that's what we saw the SCA do, right? Bare minimum. So, and, and, and let's be honest, like, it's only been effective since 1972. Right. So, you know, we don't got, you know, that's not long at all, Sherm. What's that, 40, what's that, 49 years? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so coming up on 49 years. So uh, we ain't got it right. We still ain't got the way that we treat our minorities in this country right. Slavery been abolished over 400 plus years. I still feel like I got some chains around my neck. I'm handcuffed in some areas. Okay, so are we going to put Title IX right alongside affirmative action? Well, I mean, tell me what the difference is. Because, I mean, the, the same, they're, they're both mirroring the same thing. If you say Title IX, you say affirmative action or the Rooney Rule, what it's saying is, these are bridges or, or gap fillers that's trying to make sure that it's equitable for everybody, right? A fair chance. And we know that's not the case. We know there's token interviews that happens all the time. We know it's quota fillers. We know that, you know, have you ever been in an interview, Sherm, where you know that you're just there so you didn't get fined? Because <laughs> Sorry, your reference. Your reference makes me laugh. I apologize. Seriously, right? Did you know that? Hey, I got no hell, no way in hell. I'm getting this. They just got me here. Maybe not, sure, because you're a middle-aged Caucasian male. So maybe that never appeared to you that you ever sat in an interview that you wasn't going to get, because it's always been a fair playing field for you. It's not always a meritocracy for everyone else. Right. When I walk outside my door. You know, I got challenges that the next man who is a middle-aged Caucasian may not have to, to, to worry about. And this kind of talk, Sherm, skills, it scares a lot of people, right? And, you know, so they look at me like, hey, man, this guy, you know, is this dude a racist? No, I'm a realist. I'm far from that, hmm. right? I'm just a realist, okay. right? And I understand that, you know, for me, you know, diversity, inclusion, and equity, it's, it's like three buckets for me, you know? And then, you know, diversity, when I look at that from a corporate standpoint, I'm looking at, you know, hiring goals, retention goals, promotions, parity, you know, all this stuff like that, you know, how are we measuring those things? Some people, some companies don't measure them at all. Then when I look at inclusion, I'm looking at, hey, man, what's the engagement, you know, of, of, of companies with a diverse, you know, community? You know, are they partnering with the community? Are they listening? Do they have listening circles? Are they trying to get better? Are they, do they have programs in place to, to help out, you know, the less fortunate? You know, what, what, you know, it's normally like things that make you feel good, right? You know, are we, are we treating people equally? Do they have a fair playing field? And then when I think about equity, you know, it's like leveling the playing field for me. Does everybody have a fair shot? Now, if you look at our athletic department, let me tie it together. In our athletic department, you're going to see that I have women coaches coaching male-dominant sports. 
we have women in leadership. We have, you know, different ethnicities and throughout, uh, you know, our, our coaching trees. We value that, you know. So, you know, we're, we're building, uh, you know, the, the DEI acumen necessary at all levels to be successful and, and, and to shine a spotlight on that this is a place when you come to Westcliff Athletics that you've got a fair shot, right? Me just being in place is the first echo because I'm full of my ethnicity. I don't hide around or beat around the bush from anything. I'm unapologetic about being, you know, a minority and being an American. I'm both of those things, true and true, right? I've, I've done it, okay? Uh, you know, tapping, reveille, you know, saluting, you know, I, hey, I'm, I'm full, you know, 100% proud American here. I just happen to be black and I was not, um, you know, I was still in the mix of being discriminated against as well in this country, but I still love this country. Mm. We got some changes that we need to make. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a great example of skid knees in America, but still climbing. So, and then, you know, we need to do a better job of taking care of our, our immigrants and everything else that we have going on. Hmm. So, um, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. But like I said, man, we're in a, you're touching some, some subjects that the FCC might want to cancel us off the, you know, <laughs> the wavelengths, right? Because people get nervous about this and they're like, man, it's, you know, no, this is relative. This is tame compared to some podcasts out there. You know, we're yeah, we no, talk no, about no, it, but no. we don't really drop the hammer so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt about it. But, but what I'm saying is, like, I think we shouldn't be running running away from it at all, anyway, right? And we're at a university who prides itself as claiming to represent over 85 plus countries globally. Right. So. If we're doing all of those things, I think we definitely have to, uh, you know, make sure that we are uh, sending the right message and, and actually talking about these things, um, so so people can understand um, exactly, um, you know, what we're what we're talking about. Okay, okay. So let me recap just a bit of what we just talked about over the last five or ten minutes. Um, make sure I have this all straight. We're, we were talking about affirmative action the Rooney rule as an example, and a few other things. And so um, at Title IX, they can all, I don't wanna say we can all group them together, but they have a similar purpose, uh, but we're talking about them in just kind of like they're there just to fill you know, the quota. There's no hiring practice. There is an interview practice perhaps, but you know, we've used the term window dressing before. Is that what we're talking about, about all of these measures that are supposed to be in place to help uh, minorities and help people with disabilities yeah. and help uh, help women. So this is more window dressing. Well, in some regards, because some people don't use them effectively, right? So my point is we need stronger legislation, right? To make sure that these steps that are put in place are upheld at all levels because it's necessary because so many people did not get that opportunity. I, I mean, I can look back in history in, in, in the automobile industry, right? And know that it was tons of women with great ideas, but could not push those ideas without a man's approval. So they were the brains 
behind the bronze, right? During those during those time frames, but they couldn't come out because at that point, women was not respected mm-hmm. in the workplace, right? Okay, if they had great okay. ideas, right? So so uh, I mean, so you know, but you know, it's not always just black or white or, or race based, right? It's gender based as well. It's gender discrimination as well. So it's a lot of things that need to be fixed. But if we had stronger legislation and more supervision and oversight to make sure that these things are upheld, then we'll be so much better. Hmm. That's all I'm saying. No, that makes makes you, a lot of sense. But, but as you as we've discussed, some of these things like Title IX, not so much the Rooney Rule, but but affirmative action, they've been in place for 40 years, maybe longer. And all the Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and I was going to say, all we've done then is spin our wheels. We haven't made any progress with these programs. That's what you're because, saying. Is you're saying we need stronger legislation, which we've needed since the inception yeah. of these, and so, everything is the same as it was. So let me, so let me adjust, you know, my, my viewpoint and say we need stronger oversight to mm-hmm. make sure that. Okay, because these, this. Because the legislation is already written into each one of these programs, as an example, but it's not being enforced, is what you're saying. Do you believe it's being enforced, sir? Because if it's being enforced, how did we have that situation, you know, in women's sports? Well, I know it's being enforced at Westcliff because whenever, not whenever, but there have been a few instances when I've asked you for things and you've said we can't do that because of Title IX. So, yeah. yeah. So and I understand, you know, Katie Rouse and, and Michael Hardaway, our associate athletic directors, have had this conversation with me as well about a few things. You know, nothing really big, but I understand when they say, how ah, we can't do that because of Title IX. I totally get that. Um, and we need more stories like the Hidden Figures, if you happen to see that movie, a brilliant movie about um, women of color who uh, worked on the space launch in the 1960s. You know, and they were actually the driving force behind the science of it. Uh, and they understood more about the numbers than the men did. So that helped, you know, launch uh, rocket ships into space. You know, there's plenty of those stories that haven't been told yet. Hopefully they will. Um, and uh, not just with science, obviously, but where, where any social programs are concerned. You know, we're starting to have movies made um, uh, about like Selma, as an example, uh, the, the walk over the bridge. You know, there, there are so many more um, stories that have to be told. And because they're being told, I certainly hope that we're going to get enforcement of these things like Title IX, the Rooney Rule, affirmative action. Affirmative action has been around as long, I think, as Title IX. Um, and so it's just so basically what we need to do is we need to appoint a committee or an enforcer who's going to go around and crack the whip and say, hey, look, this is the way it's written. So this is what we're going to do. Because yeah. there's so many other problems going on in the world, especially right now. Some things get left in the dust. And these are three of the things that get left in the dust. It does. I mean, what's so hard about these things is it's um, almost like self-reporting. You have to look inward. And whatever you find, you got to report. And people, you know, it's the, it's the social media um, syndrome. Are we actually going to post our failures? No, of course not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unless someone else has oversight of that, right, that we deem to be fair and efficient, right, then we we thought we had an oversight committee 
that we call the NCAA, but now we're figuring out that that might not be the case. Yeah, well, at our level, the NAI level, we self-report. We don't have um, a committee like the NCAA does that oversees. Right. Yeah, that oversees the rules. We all we oversee them ourselves, and if we make a mistake, then we report it. Yeah, so, and yeah. that takes a, a lot of uh, a lot of integrity. Yeah, it takes a lot of integrity, which is one of the five core values of the NAI. It is, and 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 that and those values get tested daily. Hmm. Because and what I mean by that is, you know, all infractions are not big. So you can't choose which ones you want to enforce. Right. You got to just enforce them. Yeah. Yeah. And enforce all of them. And you let a committee decide if, you know, what the punishment is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our duty is to report big or small. doesn't matter. Right. Oh, yeah. Even the mistakes, even the mistakes that we know that was purely just oversight, unintentional. Right, we still report them because mm -hmm. that's what we're supposed to do. That's the right thing. That's what we ought to do, right? Sure, sure. And so, we're lucky we have Lindy Van Dorsen to help us with that. Yeah, you know, and then here's a cool thing, you know, you know, in my job and position that I get a chance to weigh some of the, the things out to where, because uh, it is some things that fall into the gray area or can be very subjective. And that's where I step in and, and make the determination if we need to have policy, you know, changes or if we need to amend something or, mm -hmm. you know, pretty much, you know, cancel it out. So, sure, sure. You know, so I, so I think, you know, um, this is ever evolving, right? So I think it's it's pretty much evolving, right? So oh, sure, sure. So you can't be stagnant in your mindset or closed minds. You can't have a closed mind. Right. Well, you know, we get updates on email from the NAIA that have rule changes constantly or that have been amendments, I guess you might say, or things are just a little bit different. By the way, Liddy Van Dorsen is our compliance officer and helps us with all of our compliance. And so, uh, you know, when we get these uh, these notices and say, OK, rule 15-2B6 has been changed. And so you've got to go through everything and make sure you understand it. Um, and so. You know, as you say, most of the violations that I've heard of, not necessarily with Westcliff, but uh, are, are inadvertent. It doesn't necessarily mean people are doing them on purpose to skirt, skirt the rules. So, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, for us too, Sherman, let me, um, let me piggyback on what you're saying, especially for a unique uh, program like us. Um, we probably, number one, when I, you know, established, you know, this athletics department, um, we, we pretty much adapted. NCAA D D Division One rules, right? Right, right. That, that was the standard. And then, you know, two is we play a lot of higher divisions other than the NAIA besides being in a conference because we're independent and everything else, right? We just have strong uh, beliefs that we're on that level and we have aspirations of being Division One. So it allows us to function amongst Division One's teams, right? So sometimes we'll be following a division one rule, but it could violate the NAIA rule because they're not all um, the same. True. Which is, you know, so sometimes, you know, like um, for instance, um, for example, um, kids that are in a transfer portal at the NAIA level, they still want us to reach out and do a tracer and all that. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, we know in the transfer portal, all that's been done. Right. 
why would we have to do all that, right? The kids in the transfer portal for a reason, and it was approved by their institution. Mm-hmm. So, but if we wouldn't do the tracers and all that kind of stuff and the 10 day and all, all the cool stuff, right, that we do in the NEI, it would be a violation of the NEI. Correct. Even though we know that, is it really a truly a violation, Sherm? No, right? The kids right. in the portal for a reason. Mm-hmm. Their coaches know. They don't want the phone call. They, they put them in the portal. Kids don't put their own stuff in the portal, right? Right. But, you know, we have to respect those rules of the NEIA. So you can catch a violation for us. You know, we can easily catch a violation, even though we know it's no wrongdoing with, with us pursuing uh, that student athlete that's in the portal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There are certain rules if um, a student athlete uh, gets in touch with us from another two-year or four-year school. There's a certain waiting period, um, depending on what school and what year they are, how long they've been at that school. We certainly sometimes have to send a tracer to that school and, and basically say, listen, one of your athletes got in touch with us. This is for our listeners who are unfamiliar with how this process works. So it's not as though if you get a random email, you can just follow it up and say, hey, thanks for getting in touch. Come over to Westcliff. We got a spot for you. You, you need to do a little research and find out uh, about the athlete in question. Uh, and it's all, it, it, it's pretty much all levels. You, you can't just steal athletes from other schools, even if they get in touch with you. So there's certainly uh, rules and protocol to follow. Um, and, uh, you know, that happens to all the coaches. I talk to the coaches at, at Westcliff all the time. Coach Rouse who's in charge of our women's basketball and our surf teams. Uh, uh, coach Cook in charge of men's basketball and, and you know, our, uh, Ross, who's our tennis coach and, and Preslov, water polo. And go, we have a lot of coaches. I, I apologize if I don't mention everyone, but they all get these emails just as I get that. Hey, coach, let me introduce myself. And I currently am and I'm looking to play next year for Westcliff. Um, and the interesting thing is, uh, eventually, if I do get in touch with these students, we're not the only coach that they sent that email to. You know, there are probably 20 or 25 other coaches that got the very same email. All they do is change the date and the name on the uh, and the coach's name at the top of it. So, um, you know, we do a really good job monitoring that, as you've said. Uh, and, and again, you know, I give a lot of props to Lydia. I talk to her all the time um, with regard to plan AIA and uh, which is our governing body in terms of eligibility um, and, uh, and our administration. You know, we've got so many great people in the athletic administration, not just the university, but the athletic administration who are very highly specialized, who do a great job. Taylor Hawkins is one of those people. Uh, you know, uh, Chase Dodge is one of those people. I've, I've mentioned a few of the others already and, and everybody works together and uh, we are quite diverse. And so there is no problem with Title IX or affirmative action or the Rooney rule in our uh, athletic administration in particular, because we've got people of color, uh, people of race, doesn't matter from different countries. Uh, you know, it's, we're very fortunate that way that we get to all work together in a very, um, very comfortable cultural melting pot. No, I, I totally agree. And I really believe, um, you know, our first round draft picks are mm-hmm. what they are, you know, I mean, you know, we, we, we definitely have um, a bunch of talent, but not just talent. We have cooperation. We have commitment. We have consistency. We have teamwork. And I think all those elements, along with adapting the mentality of a family, you know, forget about me, I love you, Yep, uh, puts us to a whole nother level, a whole nother stratosphere. And um, I'm just thankful, you know, to be a fly on the wall, to be a a person that's just by the water cooler, you know, get to uh, hear all the stories. 
So it's a, it's an awesome awesome being you know by the campfire and just toasting marshmallows, man. While while all these great people make it happen, and um, so I'm just happy to be a part of the team. All right, let me let me ask you a question. Um, I know so much has happened over the last uh, two and a half years since we've been here, and um, or more for for some of us. Um, and looking toward the future, I know there's a lot more on our plate. What is your single most important endeavor from this point forward? Do you have mm. do you have one that that dominates a little bit more of your consciousness than anything else, or that, you're, that you can that you can tell us? Yeah, I, I just refuse to share it. Oh, I do. Okay. okay. But but I do refuse to share it. But I will say um the one that I one thing I will share is every day I strive to make sure we have inclusion mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in all aspects of the business. Sure. Okay. Well you know, I was that's a high priority for me. That's a non-negotiable. I, I understand. I know that. And, and, you know, you made that very clear from the very first day that you stepped through the door. Um, but uh, what I was getting at, and, you know, we could talk about inclusion. That, that's never a problem. That's always on the table. Um, but is there a, a program or something that is foremost on your mind that you can tell us about that we might look forward to in the future? I'm going to figure out how to get this football thing popping. Ah, there we go. Now we've got another, a whole other podcast, a whole other week of podcasts. Yeah, no, the football thing is near and dear on my heart, man. I want to see some pass cracking. Um, we're a little bit at a disadvantage because the NAIA do not does not have any um, football teams in California. Period. Yes, that is right? true. So, you know, so so the football thing is uh, something that I definitely want to to do. Now, mm -hmm. I got some ideas on how it can get done. And I'm going to keep those close to the vest right now because okay. I don't want anybody trying to, um, yeah. you know, misery loves company. Misery loves company. So, you know, we, we, we are out recruiting some conferences right now and what yes. we do every year. So we own somebody's uh, board for motivation. You know, so everybody want to put a bullseye on our back. So I don't want to give it up too much. But I am really uh, thinking very, very hard about how the onboard football. Hmm. Okay. I, I, need um, that I need that in my life. Yeah, we're going to need a few other schools to come along with us, obviously. But, uh, yeah. I, I got well, an idea that I'm, I'm – I'll talk to you off record on it. But okay. I, I think we might can pull some things together because our location is so great. Oh, yeah. In the Southern California, we got an added advantage. And I think we do some things above board that makes us uh, probably you know, we we probably can can push some envelopes of of getting a nice schedule together. Oh, I'm uh, sure. The only thing that may be in question is what are we playing for every year? You know, we want some championships. Of course, people want to do that. But um, you know, Bishop Gorman and um, Gosh, I forgot the name of the other school that used to be in Las Vegas. Hmm. They're no longer there no more. Right, right. Um, but they used to have like an inner, inner city rival. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty prominent. And who's to say we can't do something like that every year? Well, you know, between, 
between the two conferences that are in the area predominantly, which is the Golden State Athletic and ours, the California Pacific, there are 25 universities that are in those two conferences. So yeah. it would seem as though we could get just within the two conferences, we could get, um, you know, 10, 12 football teams together. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, it's uh, maybe that's pie in the sky. Maybe I'm assuming too much. You know, it take it's going to take some cooperation. Oh, heck yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, some programs, you know, don't sometimes programs don't want to lose to somebody they shouldn't. And, the, and we, there's some people out here, Sherm, and you know this as a coach, and, you know, I've been a coach, they duck competition. Oh, yeah, they do. I've discovered that myself. They duck competition. Yeah. You know, some, some people want to put more COVID restrictions on you, so they say they don't have to play. Okay, they're looking for an out. Looking right? for an out. But you have always said we don't duck. We don't duck anybody. We don't. Now, we don't play JCs. No, nah, well, that doesn't not, yeah, of course. Two years. I don't, feel, I don't feel like that's ducking nobody. Right. You know, right. Um, but we don't play JC. Some people are not happy with me about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is what it is. Okay. But we'll come get your D1s, your D2s, your D3s. Man, I hey, if it was legal, we'd do semi-pro too. Come on. Hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I you and I have had you and I have had this football discussion before, but we only touched on it. We didn't, we didn't talk about it in depth. If you need help with this, I'm all in. I'm a football fan anyway. And, you know, that, that would be I'm going to need some help with this. But, yeah, I, I definitely want to jump into football. Oh, yeah. Straight up. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. That would just, you know, if you could get that started, that would be quite a legacy. Yeah. So, and I'm talking about within the next three years. Ooh, okay. All right. I, I might I might know some people who might want to help with that too. Okay. So yeah. So if we if this comes to fruition, uh we definitely can get that an episode. That I ain't put my mind to that didn't come to fruition. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not, uh, listen, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying check the receipts. And I'm not <laughs> saying I'm perfect, sure. But yeah. normally if I put my mind to it, do we not pretty much do what we need to do? Yeah, pretty much. We haven't we haven't skipped you know, over. I haven't fully committed to it, so don't hold me to it. I got like one foot in, one foot out kind of thing. Okay. Right now. But but you know, as soon as I put both of those feet down on, on solid, it don't gotta be solid ground, it could be fragile. But as soon as I put both of those feet down, you know, when I put 10 toes down, we normally do it. Oh yeah, absolutely. But but football's on my mind right now. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, it's also football season. So, yeah, yeah I want to get ass cracking. I want to lay some wood. I want to, yeah, that's what I want. I want, I want a real tailgate. You know, okay? we, we got so many other things in play. We got the cheerleaders, the cheer squad in place, stunt, obviously, with Coach Eric and what he brought. They could they easily be on the sidelines. Uh, you know, it, it's something I, that could be done. Easily, I think I, I'm not going to say easily, but I think the interest is going to be there, and yeah. I think there are going to be a lot of people jumping on that bandwagon. Hey, I'm ready for some stuff. Crack it. <laughs> okay. Did you play football as a youth? You know what I did. You know I probably should have stayed with football, to be honest, because mm -hmm. my body kind of seemed like it probably would have been better <laughs> off, um, you know, uh, in a football, you know, uh, setting, but. Definitely, um, I, I have love for the game. I'm a Steelers fan. 
So yep. Yep. Forgive, me, forgive me for all our championships for those who are. Don't apologize. Don't apologize for that. But, but yes, you know, um, I look forward to, um, to doing that. My dad was a Raiders fan, man. Okay. Fact, when we buried my dad, he got buried in his Raiders watch, silver and black casket. Man, oh, nice. man, he was not playing around. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he was Raiders till he died all, yeah. all the way. Okay. What position did you play? Outside linebacker, man. I was a linebacker. Okay. Yeah. So you, so you were pretty fast then. Uh, you know what? Sure. I'm, I'm not a slouch, even <laughs> though my first pick of, of baseball maybe looked like um, I'm not. But, you know, but hey, if you look at, if you Google up first pitches or for baseball, or, or opening pitches for baseball. It's a lot of probably people <laughs> looking worse than I am. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. So that's me, that's me throwing misery like a little company. I'm just saying. All right. So that's funny. I'm just saying. And, you know, so, but like I said, this year, okay, this year, all right, man, I'm bringing heat. Yeah, okay. You better ask me out here this year. We got to, you know, our first, our first home game is a doubleheader against Caltech on the 29th of January. So you, you, got, but, you got the speed gun, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, we, definitely so, have, we got pocket radar. So do you think I, you think I throw 50 miles per hour? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a tough call. You might be, right you might be topping out at 52, 53. It's, it's possible. Uh, you I got to I got to get you on the court first before yeah. we get on the diamond. Well, I'm just saying, I was just wondering what you thought. That was it. Like Yeah, okay. One thing at a time, but I'm just saying, like But you know, it's a small sample size. What what number do I need to register on? Well, that's that's the thing. That I've only to be respectable. What is too it? Small, it's too small a sample size. And for those that are listening that don't know, uh, you know a couple of years ago when we had our first home game for baseball, um, Sean Harris threw out our first pitch, and um, I, I guess you could call it a throw. Uh, it was overhand. <laughs> so. Listen, hey, for the record, right? You know that that sounds a little incomplete. You know, my story is okay. In my contract, you know, I was told that I had to make sure that I did not hurt the pitcher. So I was in between my wild thing and. You know, you know, some Sabathia kind of, you know, nonsense, and uh, it didn't come out exactly the way that I okay. thought it would. You know, what I'm saying so, I was a little shook up. Okay, mm. was I was I was I on the mound? Sure. No, the- and that's the thing. You were standing in front of the mound because yeah, I thought part of the contract said I couldn't be in on the mound that I couldn't. Right. It was too many restrictions, y'all. So oh, okay. I'll remove and, and all none of the restrictions this year. None of this could be validated or, or disputed because it's been two years and the record may not reflect everything that I'm saying. But trust me when I tell you it was restrictions placed on me. And um, now that these restrictions are being released, uh, you're going to see the real heat come out. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to it. As I say, the sample size is quite small. I've only seen and, it. And low-key, Sherm asked me that I have available, you know, eligibility left to pitch. And I told him, you know, I can't do that. can't show well, You know what? You threw the pitch out left-handed, correct? I did. Maybe you're right-handed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I am. Look, I'm ambidextrous. Okay. It's something. 
But but throwing the pitch, I I gotta own it. I stunk it up. Okay, I stunk up the diamond for sure. But you know what? Well, before the get the win, did you get the win, sir? Before before the first game, you and I'll have a catch. We'll throw a little bit. Did you get the win that game though? Did you get the win? That was opening day, and we did not win. See, that's what it was—a whole jinx. Okay, all the way around. All right, so you're saying that you're not going to throw out the first pitch this year? I am. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm going – I'm tearing the – man, let me tell you something. I'm, I'm going hard. Well, I want to – What ultimately I'd like to get you and Dr. Lee side by side throwing out the first pitch. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I know, you know, and I, I, I talked to him about it, and he's not against the idea, but I, I tend to feel that he'll probably watch from afar. Listen, he, he does not waver on anything. Yeah. So if he didn't say yes, then that's a no. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. If he didn't say yes, then it's a no. All right. He's a confident man. He's assured of himself. He's okay. our oldest leader. And if he just didn't want to hurt your feelings, so it's okay. a no. Oh, all right. He was being polite. I'm going to interpret that interaction, and it's no, sure. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. I didn't really. I will be there uh, to carry his name and my name, and I'm going to blaze it up. I'm coming out hard. All right. Well, you can stand as close to the catcher as you need. And you can make all the <laughs> you can make all the rules. It's not a problem. You can it's throw the, overhand man, or underhand. You can throw as many. You can throw as many balls as you want. It doesn't have to be just one. Hey, I'm gonna be behind the mound. I'm gonna throw the heat. Okay. Mm. I, want, I, want, I want I want the video. It's gonna be straight over the plate and it's gonna be in the strike zone. All right, Brandon, Brandon. Brandon will be there. I am claiming all of that right now. When I throw that ball, okay. it's gonna be a strike. All right. Okay. I can't wait to see this. And, and guess what? Sure. Yeah. I'm not even gonna warm up either. Okay. Well, we're only four and a half months away, so you got plenty. I'm of not even gonna warm up, sure. I'm just gonna walk out there, knock it out, and roll out. Mm, okay. All right. Well, I can't wait to see it. Uh, hey. Okay. Brandon. Brandon wants the first pitch in game two, which we don't typically do, but I bet we could. So, but hey, Brandon. Brandon, listen, he, Brandon Peterson is our sound engineer, and he, he puts all this together for us. And if he does, remember, somebody's going to film it, Brandon, so you're going to wind up on the promo video. So, hey, game two, I mean, because they looped my bad stuff. It can't be no worse than them looping, you know, my epic fail all year long. I don't I think, think Brandon has something to do with that. I wouldn't say it was an epic fail. Uh, you know, Every time I went to the lobby, I had to see that, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. For those who don't know, we did Brandon did put together a promo video of a lot of sports uh, events that took place over that first year, and uh, that played in that corporate video played in our lobby at the university. And so that first pitch was on that video. So we did it's get a good this. Sport, yeah, we, that was a good sport, man. Because I could have easily said, "Man, take that off of me." Yep, that's true, and it rolled every two never minutes, did. so we got to see it a lot. I never did, man. I never did, man. And I had to take that all year long, man. Every time <laughs> I turn around, I walk through, I go use the restroom. I'm seeing my pitch. I come back and see my pitch. I'm talking to a recruiter, seeing my pitch. I didn't want to see the pitch no more. Well, you know whose fault that is. You know who to blame, right? <laughs> you know what? Um, Let's be Unfortunately, unfortunately. Accountability is high with us, right? So yes, I had to absolutely. Own it. I had to own it. So I let it play. 
Okay. But how many other people would have let that play? Come on. No, nah, that's true. Maybe not. But it was such a momentous time. You know, we had been building up to it for a very long time. And it was it was a great moment, period. You know, just the fact that we got to launch everything and all of our sports took off after that. And uh, just a shame the way the pandemic came down. But, you know, it was a very successful period of time for Westcliff, not just athletics, but the university in general. So, yeah, no, it, was, it was awesome. You know, to be, to be totally uh, you know, honest, I was pretty thankful to, to be a part of the process. And oh, sure. The first pitch, you know, um, and you guys had a tremendous season. It was cut short due to COVID, but hey, it, it, no, nothing could take away those epic wins that we had and the heart that your guys showed and, and the expertise that you showed um, leading as the skipper. So great job. Oh, well, that's kind of you. Thank you very much. We have a lot to look forward to this year as a team as well. We've just recently gotten back to the conditioning field and our practices start later this month. We are, everybody's really fired up. The, you know, we've got some new guys coming in. We've got a, a good core of guys coming back. And so we're, we've got a lot of expectation, very high teams. You look, you looked in fabulous shape, Sherm, when I seen you, you was looking good. You was looking slim and trim. I thought you was back at your playing weight. Um, you know, about a buck oh five when you was playing. Buck you, five. you look like a buck ten when I seen you, but you're doing good. You're doing good. <laughs> you're doing really good. Well, the last time we saw each other was at the ribbon cutting, which yeah, was yeah. which was a tremendous success. Yeah, we christened basically our new our new campus, and the teams were there, and and uh, our cheer team did did routines, and there was food and drink, and everybody got to meet everyone, and it was. Huge success. And by the way, it's on a lot of our Instagram feeds. So if you're uh, listening and you want to see what that looked like, jump on some of the Instagram feeds from Westcliff Athletics and you'll see all the videos. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, you know, you did need a little vitamin D, though. So I need you to get outside a little bit. Yeah, I know. I go from white to stroke in about 20 minutes. I that I literally got a sunburn that day and I wasn't outside that long. Hey, listen, hey, because I'm used to seeing you outside. So by the time you come from fall you already toasted you ready yeah that's true and we you know we're starting practice out now and i've got a big hat that'll cover me up but uh, other than that it's uh, i'm very fair complected i guess you might say so i've got to be very careful and i of course i do a sport that's outdoors so not like a basketball where i where i'd be indoors most of the time but uh and and you know that's an interesting point for the outdoor athletes uh you don't think about it and i bring this up to the team so if you're an athlete of an outdoor sport like soccer or or beach volleyball you probably know you got to wear your sunblock you got to stay hydrated you got to take care of yourself it's too important so yeah, you got to invest in the sp15 man 15 oh my gosh mine's more like 50 <laughs> I, I, use, I use Colgate toothpaste all over my body, man. Well, I'm, I'm talking about me, man. I got the oh, extra really? going on, brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Hey, it doesn't matter. Your... You know what? I might need 50-something, though, because I'll be getting toasty. <laughs> okay. Well, I use every year I try to use whatever my age happens to be, so I'm on SPF 55. So you're on the SPF dinosaur? Is that what you said? <laughs> yes, I am. I am the SPF dinosaur. You on that prehistoric? You on that prehistoric drop? Okay. You know what? I'm I'm owning it though. That's true. I'm not shying away from it. That's funny. Okay, okay. I didn't know you was on the dinosaur dumplings. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, this this has gotten away from us somehow, and now it's become all about me. And I apologize to the listeners out there. But I tell you, hey, what, this is what happens when you get two people passionate about each other in sports, man. Yep, that's you true. Just, you start talking all over the place, but we we definitely uh, uh, enjoy what we do. 
Oh, and sure. Part of this uh, organization and great university. And uh, we can't wait to see our teams go out there and uh, chase that elusive five seed at the end. What's oh, that? Yeah. What's five that one? Seeds. We will find great athletes with superior character who can establish an exceptional culture by making a tremendous impact in the community. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> Uh, by being fully committed to excellence. I apologize there, which will translate to championships. Got a little thing caught in my throat. Um, you got a little choked You got a little choked up. I did. I, I get choked up when I talk about the five C's. Hey, one other thing I want to mention before we sign off this coming week, we've got women's volleyball against Vanguard. Uh, we've got men's water polo at Concordia. Uh, we've got uh, women's volleyball at uh, Marymount. Uh, and coming up on the weekend, we've got um, men's water polo against Benedictine and Grossmont and men's soccer against Benedictine as well. And uh, keep an eye out if you're interested. Uh, we're all women's volleyball against St. Catherine. So keep an eye out on the athletics uh, website for uh, Westcliff Sports. It's all on the composite schedule. And as we have returned to play, boy, all of our sports are going to be in action. So it's an exciting time for Westcliff. Sean, as always, thanks for joining me on our podcast. We'll do this again soon. You know we will. And as always, I would like to thank my guest host, our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And the gentleman who makes us sound good each and every time we do podcasts, that is Brandon Peterson, our sound engineer. Beep, 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 beep. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you download your podcast and please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get the word out about Westcliff Athletics and we thank you for your support. And keep an eye out for the next podcast.